Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to Curious Cape Podcast. Uh, my name is Kolakbo, and I'm your host. Uh, I'm very excited to, to to have a very special entrepreneur on the 11th episode on the podcast. And as in cast of the show, we are mixed with amazing startup founders, uh, building businesses across Africa, and also key players working to make entrepreneurship thrive. And um, I want to say a big thank you to everyone that is listening to the show across the world. And thank you for, for the great reviews. Uh, we're having a great conversation like we do all the time uh, with Emmanuel Adeboy. Uh, he's a very special entrepreneur that believes uh, entrepreneurs build Africa's future. And he's committed to supporting entrepreneurs and solving Africa's biggest challenges, uh, building institutions, advocating for policies that can create enabling environment uh, for entrepreneurship to thrive on the African continent. And currently is the Africa Strategy Lead for Utopia, which is an organization building an urban ecosystem for emergent cities. And an interesting thing about Utopia Manifesto is that they believe the urban center of the world is radically restructuring itself and the thinking, the way we do things has to change as well. And by the end of the world, uh, by the end of the century, the world's mega cities are no longer going to be New York and Tokyo's. They're going to be Lagos. We're expecting Lagos to have a population of 88 million people. Dakar sounds 6 million people. Kinshasa, 63 million people. And, uh, and I believe uh, Manuel is doing the great work to, to, to make sure things are better for the future. And in this podcast today, uh, we'll be discussing uh, Emmanuel's journey into being an ecosystem leader uh, from, from building startups uh, to being the entrepreneurship manager at Andela and to presently leading Ethiopia and Africa. And interestingly, he's also currently part of the presidential advisory group of the Nigeria Startup Bill, which we'll also be discussing about in this episode. So thank you very much, Emmanuel, for joining us today. Thank you, Kolapo, for having me. It's yeah, all right. So how are you doing today? How is Lagos? Are you in Lagos presently? No, I'm actually not in Lagos at the moment, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm very well. Thank you. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, so we would like to learn about uh, your startup journey. All right. Because I know you founded Boss Stop and later Venture Dialogue. So can you just give us a background into those businesses? Yeah, sure. It's funny when you were reading out like my profile with Utopia, that it's actually sort of connected to Boss Stop in several different ways. So just for a bit of uh, background, my, I did my master's in environmental control and management, uh, and I specialized in space applications, specifically use of remote sensing and GIS to solve environmental uh, challenges. Uh, and that sort of spurred a lot of my interest in maps, uh, geospatial applications, and, and those sort of things. Uh, and I'm someone who believes a lot in, I don't just believe in research for research sake, I want to solve real problems. So bus stop was my way of saying, what is one of the biggest challenges that I had personally experienced uh, and how can I leverage some of my background to solve it? Uh, what bus stop was really trying to do was to organize the chaos as it were in, in the public transport uh, sector, was well, starting with Lagos. 
So it was meant to be a platform or it was designed as a platform to basically provide routing from point A to B, help you with uh, costs uh, and, and those sort of things. Uh, and, and, and as you know, even till today, if you're trying to get from point A to B using public transport in Lagos, there really isn't any tool as it were that helps you break down that journey to say, take this keke from, uh, I don't know, Yaba to Soso bus stop, take this bus from here to there and things like that. And that, that, that sort of the gap that bus stop wanted to fill. Uh, and yeah, it was really my, I mean, I'd done some entrepreneurial work before then, but it was really my first foray into tech entrepreneurship as it were. Uh, and I, I learned a lot of stuff, which I'll probably go into. Uh, but one of the things that, uh, one of the major things that I learned from there was really the fact that as a first time founder, it's actually really tough to build tech businesses, right? I mean, this was late 2014, early 2015, where the ecosystem wasn't as mature as it is today. There wasn't a lot of, uh, there wasn't a lot of resources, local resources, right? In terms of what it takes to build. And considering my background, I mean, I, I feel very privileged. I'd gone for an entrepreneurship bootcamp in MIT. I, I had access to a lot of like founders uh, and I could always find my way around things. And even with that, it was still very difficult to build. Uh, and that's sort of what actually then spurred my interest in entrepreneurial support in a lot of ways, which was why I joined uh, Startup Grind as co-director for Lagos, where I was then uh, organizing fireside chats, building this community of entrepreneurs, which then led to Ventures Dialogue, right? Uh, and Ventures Dialogue was born out of a need, as it were, to connect founders with opportunities, to connect founders with investors, to connect, to create a platform to educate founders and, and things like that. So, so that's really the the journey in the early days for me, at least with Bostop and then leading to Ventures Dialogue. Amazing. Th thank you for sharing that. And uh, so what were the key lessons for you then? Uh, uh, you said the ecosystem was still at the very early stage then. So what, what was the, what was like, what was the finding? What was the thing that you learned that you think you still you still find very special building those businesses at that point? And were you able to raise funding for those businesses at that point? Yeah, so Ventures Dialogue wasn't actually designed as a for-profit entity. It was, okay. yeah, it was designed to support the ecosystem. And it was purely a labor of love, to be honest. Uh, but as far as bus stop went, I guess part of my biggest learning was beyond what I'd said about the fact that there really was, uh, I mean, it, it really is tough uh, as a first time founder, if you don't have access to mentors, if you don't have access to, if you're not connected to uh, resources and things like that, which is sort of the gap that Ventures Dialogue then sort of steps in to try to fill. Uh, the other big learning for me is really the, the need for customer research. I mean, I can't emphasize that enough. Mm. You start out wanting to build one thing or thinking that this is the biggest pain points that people have, right? But it's important 
to validate that, right? And ensure that it's not just some idea that you have, but really make sure that there are a lot of people who this is a significant pain point for and that they are willing to pay for uh, for someone to help solve that problem, right? Uh, and I guess that also leads me to my next big lesson is in how do you actually monetize your startup, right? One of the things that we learned, at least with, with most of, is the fact that it's actually quite difficult to monetize the business the way that we wanted to build it, right? Uh, so we had to do a lot uh, in rethinking the business model. And ultimately, we got to a point where we realized that that particular model that we're trying to to run was probably too early for the ecosystem at the time. And honestly, uh, five years or six years later, I still think that I was right about, or we were right as a team about that, not, not assertion. Great. Uh, I wanted to ask about, you know, how you get into supporting startups, but I think you mentioned that when you were talking about startup grind, that you, you were co-hosting, organizing fireside chats, and that led to, to venture dialogue. So can you tell us about your work at Andela because you are the entrepreneurship uh, manager at a point, right? It would be great for us to just learn about what, what, what your work was like during that time. Yeah, I mean, so the journey to Andela is also sort of a build-up from Bustop into Ventures Dialogue. So, I mean, I was very fortunate uh, to also be working with Venture Garden Group uh, okay. at the time. And a lot of my work at VGG was really focused on uh, innovation and our early-stage entrepreneurial support work. Uh, I mean, I, I say I'm really fortunate because, uh, yeah, not everyone has that sort of privilege. Uh, so in a sense, my career from trying to build my own startup, then started, uh, I started tailoring my career as a way towards if I really want to solve uh, problems, right? What is probably the most important problem that I can solve? And in my mind, it felt like if I, as, as a person who with sort of the privileges that, that I have and with sort of the access that I have, still found it difficult to launch a startup, I can imagine what it's like for the thousands and thousands of other people who may not have as much like networks or as much uh, privilege as I have. And I say privilege not necessarily because I have like a million. <laughs> but just because, I mean, I know how to find my way around things, right? Yeah. Build networks. I, yeah, I, I, and those sort of things. Uh, but not everyone can do that. Not everyone has that le the level of access that I have, for instance. Uh, so I started thinking maybe the most important problem that I can actually solve uh, is to try to help other entrepreneurs succeed, right? Because when you think about a lot of the challenges that we face, when you think about the need for jobs for young people, right? I don't, I mean, it keeps me up at night when I realize that millions and millions of people are, are getting into the job market and there aren't just enough jobs for them. What if a lot more people can actually take ownership and solve these problems and maybe even create one job in the process, right? Uh, and so a lot of my work at BGG was then starting to, uh, I was still learning my work around innovation. 
and when the opportunity came to join Andela, uh, I mean, everyone is familiar with Andela, right? But at the time, the Andela was turning four, I believe, and the first set of fellows, uh, they were called fellows at the time, were just about wrapping up their fellowship. And a significant part of them wanted to go build uh, businesses of their own. So I was brought in to design the entrepreneurship program to support Andela entrepreneurs who wanted to launch their own companies after their time at Andela. And I mean, it was really, it was a really interesting time. We built the entrepreneurship center in less than three months. Uh, and we had like, the first, so it was sort of designed as an internal accelerator program of sorts. Okay. Uh, but, we, but we also had to tailor it to the experience level and, uh, and knowledge of the of our, of our engineers, right? So we were in, so for the first quarter uh, uh, of the program, it really was a lot towards starting from the basics, right? And we, our aim was to sort of create an environment where while you're still within the safe space that Andela was and is, uh, how can you start to test out some of the ideas that you have? How can you start to validate that? And even decide whether or not this can work or whether or not this is what you really want to go do in, in that sense. Uh, and we had some of our best uh, uh, engineers join the first uh, uh, court that we ran. And I mean, it was really interesting because we had like partnerships across the ecosystem to support them. We ran a number of, a lot of it was internal. We did have one or two like public facing events uh, and I mean, some of the guys that I worked with on that program are still some of my closest uh, friends still today. And so that's that's one experience that I really cherish. Let's let's move into your current work at Utopia. I know you're doing amazing stuff. And while going through the website, learning about what you were doing, I mean, the manifesto was just really striking for me. Understanding the fact that Lagos, for example, you say we're like over 20-something million. And by the end of the century, it's estimated to be like 88 million people. You know, that's scary. You know, when you look at infrastructure and a whole lot of other stuff. And uh, and your work is to make sure these urban cities can be better, right? So it would just be great to learn about the amazing stuff you're doing, you know, currently at Utopia. Yeah. So my work at Utopia, like I mentioned at the start of this podcast, is also a build-up. Everything... <laughs> Everything is actually like super connected because what mm-hmm. I was trying to solve with bus stop uh, was really an urban challenge, right? Uh, and the work that we do with Utopia is really to support entrepreneurs like myself who want to solve critical urban challenges uh, that 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 that's happening across emerging cities, both across Africa, but also in Latin America and Asia. Right. But I'll speak specifically to both my work in Lagos and sort of our plans uh, for Africa. So really, uh, like you mentioned, African cities are growing at significant uh, growth rates, right? At over double the global average, for instance. And it's crazy how much growth our cities are going to experience over the coming decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and really, our work is focused on supporting the entrepreneurs that are solving challenges that people face day to day within cities, 
right? Uh, and we think that that's, that's super important because, I mean, I don't know about you, but when I think about Lagos potentially being 88 million, like you, like you mentioned earlier, by the end of the century, and thinking about the fact that even with maybe 20, 25 million people that we are today, the average Lagosian spends two months in traffic for <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> every year right yeah wow i mean it's, it's just crazy right and that's just traffic alone right there are healthcare issues uh i mean build, there are real estate issues there are power issues there are across every every different thing right uh and that's just at the current level that we have if one if we've not been able to solve those challenges now and, we're uh, and the growth is continuing, then we need to do something about it. And we believe that entrepreneurs can play a huge role, creating an, an, an enabling environment for entrepreneurs to solve some of these challenges faster is what we're really about, right? So when we talk about creating an ecosystem, our work is primarily focused on supporting the entrepreneurs, but because we work within the urban context, it also means working with governments, it also means working with research institutions, trying to make those sort of connections, uh, even working with civil society, to be honest, to ensure that mm. the interest of, yeah, these entrepreneurs can thrive, but working with all of these other connected stakeholders within, within the space. And I mean, we're still pretty new. We launched late in 2019. And last year we launched something called the Lagos Urban Innovation Challenge. Uh, that really was a first step to us, uh, for us in the ecosystem. So basically what we was, who are those ones and how can we support them? Uh, and it was a really, really, really interesting challenge. I think the theme was, how can we solve, uh, how can we build the Lagos of tomorrow? So we're looking for those who are, are building solutions that would essentially create the Lagos of tomorrow. Right. Uh, we had over 170 applications of people who were already building solutions. I found interesting that we also had uh, applications from startups from across the globe uh, who wanted to expand into Lagos as well, which, which, was, which was really interesting. And we ended up selecting eight winners from there okay. uh, that then participated in the first accelerator program that we ran. That program ran from August till December, I think. Some of the startups you probably are familiar with, Price Pali, there's Givo, there's Medispark, there's Opnepa and a few others. But we also had uh, a startup uh, built by a Senegalese entrepreneur. It's called Nima Codes. Uh, and they were looking to also expand in Nigeria uh, and a few others, very, very, very interesting startup. All right. I mean, so can you just give us a brief into what, what the startups do? Then we'll, we'll move to talk about the Nigerian startup beam. So Oplepa and the Senegalese and the other guys, if it would be great to just learn about their solutions. Yeah, so Oplepa really is sort of a IoT solution as it were. So basically, they are a data platform, right, uh, to try to aggregate data around electricity consumption and even availability uh, that hopefully other services can be built on top of that. Givo uh, is short for garbage and value out. They're a circular economy startup. 
uh, that also in, interestingly uses IoT to try to gather data around like the waste management uh, sector, but creates, uh, but in a way that that creates employment for people. So they use like franchise model. Okay. Uh, yeah. To then allow people create like centers across across the entire state. Uh, but okay. gathering data across all of these different sectors, uh, centers in a way that enables recycling uh, and those sort of things. Uh, uh, yeah, there is price value that you're probably familiar, very familiar with. They basically are reorganizing the food supply chain, allowing people to shop wholesale directly in, in bulk, right? So they aggregate customers in urban centers and then allow them shop directly at wholesale prices, right? So they aggregate the, 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 put the supply and then the demand and then essentially take out like middlemen from that process. Uh, NIMA codes is an addressing system, right? That's linked to your phone number. So NIMA is, my number is my address. So for locations that don't have formal addressing, you basically, uh, link your phone number to your address and people can easily find businesses. So it's, it's really trying to organize that sort of informal uh, sector uh, for a lot of businesses that, that customers find difficult to, to locate, right? In places where formal addressing is still an issue. I can go on, there, there are a few other startups as well within the portfolio that are, that are interesting, but I'll pause here for a second. Yeah, I think that's amazing. Those are very, very interesting uh, solutions. Yeah, so let, let's talk about uh, the Nigerian startup bill. I know you're one of the key leaders driving that initiative. Uh, I just want to listeners just to understand why. I mean, what can you can you, can you just let's start with give by let's start by you giving us an overview of the Nigerian startup bill. Yeah, so I think the for me the Nigerian startup bill aims to create, as it were, regulatory certainty and create an enabling environment for startups in Nigeria to thrive, right? Uh, I mean, you we all already know that the startup ecosystem in Nigeria has come a long way over the last decade or so, right? Uh, but then there are still issues here and there, especially on the regulatory uh, side. The startup bill, the core aim really is to create that sort of enabling environment on the regulatory side to ensure that startups, the growth of the ecosystem that we've had till date, and then be scaled even further because tech is going to be very significant, is already significant to the Nigerian economy, but would be even more so over the coming years. And it's important that uh, we create that sort of enabling environment for the ecosystem to thrive and the startup bill is is one vehicle to be able to do that what i find really interesting about the startup bill is that it isn't also a down type of fact that this is an ecosystem uh driven bill so for the first time, we sort of have the tech ecosystem working with the presidency to actually co-create this bill in a way that that works for the ecosystem, uh, and I think that that's that's a really good thing. Amazing! Thank thanks for sharing that. Uh, can you tell us about the 
uh, I mean, why, why young people or entrepreneurs should really care about this bill? And are there ways they can contribute, share opinions? And is this bill also learning from other existing bills in maybe other African countries as well? Yeah, uh, so I'll start with your last question. A number of bills uh, have been reviewed in this process. I know Italy has their version of the startup bill. Uh, Tunisia does, Senegal does. Kenya has one that's currently going through maybe second reading. Uh, and a number of these bills were reviewed in, in this process, right? Uh, and what has happened is that a, a draft, as it were, has been created to enable people then uh, comment and, and provide uh, feedback on. Uh, and the process that we've run for, uh, and by the way, people need to go to startupbuild.ng to learn a lot more about the process. But I'll just, okay. yeah, but I'll just share a bit about like how it works. I think that for the first time, this is, like I said earlier, this is an ecosystem-led uh, bill. So everyone uh, within the ecosystem has the opportunity to provide input into what goes into this bill and how this bill is created right uh we actually currently have town halls that are running at the moment there was one uh last week uh in kaduna there is one happening this weekend in kwara and we're having one in Enugu soon we're having one in lagos soon and across we're basically having towns across each of the six geopolitical zones and during these town halls everyone i, I hope is that everyone in the ecosystem also gets to provide inputs. We've also run focus groups with key stakeholders within the ecosystem as well to find out what should go into this bill and how, what problems should it be solving and things like that. So there is an opportunity and you can also go to the website, leave comments, uh, ask questions on the team, we would get back to you and, and things like that. I feel like I'm missing one question that you asked. Uh, yeah, it's just about why people should care. You know, there are other bills existing. I mean, being pushed in Nigeria. I mean, for a long time, there was this uh, petroleum industry bill, all these kind of bills. I mean, why is this different, you know? And why should people really care that this is really going to make impact yeah. in, the, in the ecosystem? I think that's, that's a really good question. For me, I think that the startup bill uh, is probably... I mean, there hasn't been a bill that is specifically designed to help catalyze the startup ecosystem, right? And I think that that's why people should care. Yeah. I think that the ecosystem matures. It's important that there are sort of institutional structures, right, to ensure that the ecosystem can continue to thrive. And that's really what this bill is about, right? I mean... We've seen, uh, you and I know that there have been challenges within the startup ecosystem on the regulatory side over the past couple of months and, and things like that. Uh, yeah. It's important that we we create a bill that sort of protects startup from, from those sort of things, for instance. But beyond that, I think it's also important that certain incentives are provided to ensure that more people can launch startups in Nigeria and more importantly, scale them, 
rights, there is investor confidence in the ecosystem uh, and those sort of things. I think that those are the reasons why this bill is particularly important and needed at this time. Absolutely. I think I, I agree with you. I mean, it's important to get a foundation right. And uh, and I think that's what we're doing. Yeah. Right. And, and, and one other thing that I would add is that I also think that the timing is really right because uh, this is, in my knowledge, the first time that the ecosystem is actually really coming together. One of the things that I found really interesting about even just the engagement process for this is this is the first time that I find like everyone within the ecosystem actually working together towards a common goal, but not just as the ecosystem, but also with the presidency, right? Uh, and even uh, a lot of government agencies saying that, you know what, this needs to happen, right? I think that, yeah, I think that the timing couldn't be more uh, and I'm glad that everyone is coming together to, to see this happen. So is, is there any other thing you'd like to tell us as, as we round up? I mean, one is that I think everyone should get involved in the startup bill process, right? Because this really is a bill for the ecosystem. Uh, so if you haven't yet, please uh, go to startup.ng to learn more about the process attend the town halls, uh, let your voice be heard in this process, uh, provide comments, ask questions uh, and things like that. And also important, advocate for it because we need everyone like getting behind this bill to make it work. Uh, yeah, I think that that would be like my yeah last words of, of yeah that, that I would want to say. All right. Thank you very much, Emmanuel, for, for being on the show. Thank you, Colabo, for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, so everyone, that's Emmanuel Adeboye of Utopia. Uh, thank you very much for listening to the episode. And kindly recommend the show to your friends so that and give us great reviews so that more people can discover the show. And, and as well, you can connect with us by writing to curiouskpodcast at gmail.com. Uh,